Welcome to the Unite Church podcast. For more information about Unite Church, visit unitechurchak.org. Now enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. We're going to worship him right now, okay? We've been worshiping him, right, with, with song, and we're going to worship him by responding to his word. The Bible says that we're fools if we look into the perfect word of God and then we walk away as if nothing would ever change. That's my paraphrase version of that Bible scripture, okay? Is that we look at ourselves and we see ourselves in the reflection of God's perfect righteousness and then nothing shifts. We just walk away and go, oh, I look terrible. I'm just going to go out anyway. Like, no, make the change, make the shift. Shifting your life, allowing God to change and shift you is worship to God. Hearing his word and responding is worship to him. Oh, I want to be someone that worships him good. How about you? The Bible talks to us a lot about how we're made and what we're made for. So we're just going to talk about how we're made. We are made. Genesis 1.26, then God said, let us make human beings in our image. What a thought. To be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and all the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Can we just pause for a second? Every young person in the church today, I know it's young and old, But young people in the church today, as no joke right now, you're a male or a female. Okay, you just are. God created you that way. One or the other. And you might be confused. And that is also okay. Jesus loves everything he created, even when the things he created get confused. But the devil is the author of confusion. He wants to confuse all of you in your identity because what you, what the way you're made and who you're made from, you're made for. And if you haven't heard a message, I don't remember what message that was that you preached about that. Do you remember what it was? It was dang good. And you just got to start working your way back in messages that Zach preached, and you're going to find a message about what you're made for. What you're, the, what you're made from, you come from, you're made for. And we come from God in His image, and God made us in His image. And in that image, there are two reflections, male and female, no matter how confused we are, guys. Your identity is, the enemy is trying to confuse the generation that's emerging about their identity. And he's on full assault right now. And there is one truth, and the truth does not engage or affect your acceptance, okay? So like, no matter how you feel about your identity, and it's all mixed up and all a big mess, um... That's okay. That doesn't actually mean that you, because you're confused about it, that you don't get to be in the family of God. You and I can be as confused as a hillbilly out in Arkansas, okay? Why am I so mean to Arkansas? Okay, okay. I like hillbillies. I think they're fun. But you can be confused And God will still accept you. This church will still accept you. Church, we will still accept others. 
Come on. No matter how confused they are. But that doesn't change the truth. And the truth sets you free. Because when I understand I am one, either male or female, I am made in the image of God and I'm made, I come from him and I'm made for him, that changes everything. Your identity, if you're confused about your gender and your identity and you're like believing these lies that people are trying to tell you that you get to make up whatever your gender is, you get to be a them. Guys, come on. This is the dumbest thing that's ever been tried to be confused over everybody. And people believe it. Because the enemy just little creep, a little creep, a little scope creep on the truth. And then all of a sudden we're like, yeah, I can be a them. I'm a dog today. I'm a unicorn. You can't be a unicorn. You can be a male or a female. You can be a confused male and you can be a confused female. You can have feelings for other men and you can have feelings for other women if you're a woman and be really confused and that's off track of God's best design for you. Yes, and you can still be a male and a female and loved and accepted and also confused. But the starting place we have to understand is what God made us for. He made us for relationship with him and he made us in his image and he made us male and female and that's all done on purpose for good purpose. So many times we're afraid of the truth because when we associate the truth with acceptance or rejection, then we start to freak out. Just going to slow that down for a second. So we get afraid that when I hear the truth that I'm a male or a female, even though if I'm confused and I hear all this stuff, that if I am a homosexual and then I have these feelings for another man that I can't be accepted. And that should never exist in the body of Christ. It should always feel in the body of Christ that wherever people are at, they always feel love acceptance and forgiveness because that is truly the nature of our God. And we can also accept the fact that we're off track. So we can be off track and still have acceptance. But the church hasn't preached that for generations, guys. I'm just sorry. The church has not preached that for generations. They have not reflected that glory. That is a reflection of the glory of God to accept people in confusion, to accept people in their brokenness, to accept Every single one of us, and even ourselves. Guys, many a preacher struggled with homosexuality. I'm not even preaching on homosexuality today. This is just happening, okay? So it's just happening. Many have been confused about that or struggled and had a measure of brokenness. But if your identity can be whole, even while you struggle. Not everything we have desires for is good for us. Amen, okay? So the, just because you have a desire doesn't make it good. If we based all of our life on what we desire, the entire world would be dead. It would end. Because it would just, sin is like 80% of all the things we desire comes from our selfish sin nature that God is saying, I didn't make you for that. You are not made for that. That is not right. We would call that unrighteousness. It is not right. You are made in my image, and you're made to be right. You're made to be holy, and you're made to live in alignment with that holiness, and that doesn't come from your sin desires. That comes from your spirit man. When it desires this relationship with God, it starts to stir up this desire to live in the holiness and the rightness that we're made for and that we come from, because God is, say it, holy. Come on, God is, say it with me, holy. 
Jesus is holy and the holy God made us in his image and he made us for him and he made us to reflect him and he did it in and through himself and we get to be the benefactors of that. But we first have to believe the truth. We are made. Come on, say it. I am made. I am made for God. I am made to be in relationship with God. Come on, I am made to be in relationship with God. Put your hand on your heart for a second. Come on, I am made to be holy, to be right. Hmm. Jesus, come on, pray this with me. Jesus, make me holy, make me right. Heal my mind and my heart, in Jesus' name. Come on now. Lord wants to do some work today. Verse 28, then God blessed them. No, let's go verse 27. We should read it all. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant through the earth and all the fruits of the trees for your food. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals and the birds in the sky and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Everything that has life and that is what happened. Verse 31, then God looked over all that he had made, and he said, it was very good, super good. That's you, that's me, that's us. He looked at us and he says, that's good. I did good. Now just slow down for a second. I want you to think about what God made and how you feel about or think about what God made in you. Do you think, oh, that's good? Or maybe you have some other thoughts that start to creep in, like that's not so good. That's not so lovely, or that's not so beautiful. And why did God make me? Do you know that's one of the most dangerous and toxic shame questions we ask ourselves, which we virtually all have or do at some point, I think? I'm not trying to project that on anybody. But it's so dangerous and it's so toxic to our life and our identity is God, we're saying, God, why did you make me this way? Why am I such a mess and a disaster? Like, how could anything good come from me? I, these are so erosive and corrosive to our identity. And, the, and God of the universe says, No, it doesn't, your opinion about this doesn't matter. Other people's opinion about this doesn't matter. My opinion about what I made, I created this and I looked and I said, you look good. That's me. I look good. You look good. In the eyes of God, your creator, which is all that really matters, folks, is you look good to him. You were made, you come from goodness, you're made for goodness, and you're destined for goodness. And you and I have to receive that, believe it, and receive it. 
Psalms 100 says, verse 3 says this, acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Wow. Let's just read that one more time. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. Did I say good the first time? No? Okay, good. The, he is good, but this says he's God. The Lord is God, and he made us, and we are his. You belong to him, and he is a possessive God, a very jealous and possessive God. You and I, we all belong to him. We are his people, his sheep, the sheep of his pasture. Romans 3.22, and we are made right. You are made in his image. You are made to be his kids, to be his sheep, his people. You're his peeps. You belong to him, and you are made to be made right. You're actually designed, we are designed to be made right. We're designed to acknowledge the Lord and to be made right. To be right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. That's everybody. That means everybody in this house right now. You showed up here today and you just stumbled in or by some circumstance you ended up in here whether it be a good circumstance or a difficult one somehow by God's grace and his divine purpose you ended up here today and God wants to move in your life all he needs is for you to believe you place your faith in Jesus Christ this seems and sounds like foolishness all I have to do is believe in Jesus. Yes, Jesus is God, and he made you in his image, and he made you to acknowledge him, and he made you to be made right, and he knew that you could never do it on your own, so he did it for us so that we could just, by simply placing our faith in him, be made right in right standing with him. And it's true for everybody I wasn't born into Christian family. I was born into a worldly family. And, I, and, and God rescued me and I found him and I heard him and I realized Jesus is Lord. Then when I acknowledged him as Lord, God crashed into my life and I felt him make me right. And I had no idea what any of this meant then. And it was awesome. He will do that for you no matter where you're from or what you've done, everyone qualifies to be a son, to be a person or a part of the people of God, no matter how confused you are. Romans 3 goes on to say in verse 28, so we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. Some of y'all legalists out there just got, you just got tanked. <laughs> you want to go back and obey the law and you can only, oh, we got to follow the whole lot. Listen, the law is fulfilled in Jesus and we do not get saved, and we do not get made right by obeying the law. Doesn't mean we shouldn't obey the law of love and the law that God has set forward, because we ought to, and we'll get there. But listen, 
You are not made right by doing that. No one ever was. Now, there wasn't one Jew that was ever made right by following the law. They were only exposed in their sin. We were shown what is right by the law, and that's what the Bible teaches us, is that the law shows us what is right. But Jesus himself makes us right with him. Pretty cool. Romans 5.16, and that's by faith, okay? That's by faith. Romans 5.16, as the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of the one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. Whoa, whoa, isn't that what Joey says? Whoa. Any good 90s kids out there? We are made right with God. We will not experience condemnation even though we're guilty. You can be guilty in the kingdom, guilty of sin, guilty as charged. I did it, Lord. It was me. And then not be condemned. You're guilty and not condemned. This is amazing. You're guilty. You deserve it. And you're not condemned when you're in Jesus. We're going to stay here for a second because I don't feel like you get it yet. <laughs> and I, I, don't, I don't need something from you, but I, I want us to get this. Because our shame is going to push us from really getting this. And shame is a huge bully. He's the biggest bully in your, in, in, your, in your elementary school, in your brain, in your little mind, okay? Your little person mind, when you're, your little kid mind, which you all, we all have, right? In our little kid minds, the biggest bully inside on the playground is shame. And he wants to push and bully us around. And he wants to point, and the enemy uses this with condemnation. He is the one who is the accuser of the brethren. So the enemy's trying to confuse and condemn and accuse, right? For the things we actually did. Listen, we stink so bad, we sin so much, all of us in the room, we sin so much that the enemy doesn't have to make crap up. He just goes, oh yeah, dude, I got a list here, bro, let's go. And you're like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Guilty, guilty, guilty. Guilty. He's like, he stands before the Lord day and night is what the Bible says. And he doesn't have to exaggerate. He doesn't. He just has to read it off the list. Yep, and Josh, he did this, and then he did that, and then he did this, and he did that. And... Just stay way down over here. He did this one too, Lord. He goes, guilty, 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 guilty. And I go, yep, guilty. That's me, guilty. And then I go, but Jesus, I'm made right by placing my faith in you. It's a free gift that leads to me being made right. And even though I'm guilty, I'm not condemned. Let's go, man. Let's go. Sign me up. Man, I'll serve a God like that. I'll love a God like that. 
I'll trade my life for a God like that because he traded his life for me so that I would no longer ever have any condemnation for anything that I've done that I am guilty for. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Woo! We couldn't have sang a better song today for this message. And it seems a little weird that his blood applied in our life is what covers our sin. But without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin is what the Bible tells us. And all the Old Testament, people get worried about, why, was, why did God want to kill so many baby goats? You know, you're like, <laughs> because the lamb that is slain is for the forgiveness of the world because blood represents life and God was preparing us to understand he was going to give up his life, his life force, his blood represented his whole life for us so that we would be guilty of our sin and yet not condemned. So awesome. And his blood, guys, when we sing about his blood, when you worship him for the blood he applied, it's for this thing that I'm guilty, Lord. Ask me but I am not condemned. Romans 8.1 says, no one is condemned when they are in Christ Jesus. In him. When I'm in him. First John says that when I'm in love, when I'm in love with God, when I'm in love with the Father God, I'm in his love. I'm in him and he's in me, but I'm actually in him. And when I'm in him, I'm covered by his protection services. He protects me from all my sin. And just like in the time of Moses, when the plagues of Egypt happened, God told them to take the blood of the lamb and put it over their doorpost so that the death angel would come, when it came over them, it would not take their firstborn sons. That represented us, the children of God, covered by the blood of the lamb so the death angel would never longer, no longer be able to come for us for our sin and that we would be found guilty and condemned. Rather, now we're guilty and not condemned. We're made right by the blood of the Lamb. Applied for all of us for all eternity, and it only took one time because God's blood, Jesus' blood was divine. It was eternal, and it lasts forever for all of us and all of our sin. So beautiful. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Father, I thank you that I am in Christ Jesus. Come on, will you worship him with me, Jesus? I thank you that I'm in you by my faith and not by following the law and not by being perfect and not doing it right. I'm in you because you love me so much and you made me in your image and you made me for relationship and you made me to acknowledge you. And so today I do Jesus, you are Lord. Come on, you say it with me. Jesus, you are Lord. You are Lord. I love you, Jesus. I, I bury myself in your love. Fill me with your love today. Fill me up with your love today that I might know you. Second Corinthians 3.18. So all of us, I think that's everybody. All of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect 
the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. This is so beautiful and so cool. There's so much happening all the time in our lives that we're just not even aware of. Like, you know, you don't, there's these uh, things that are going on inside of our bodies all the time. Like, our hearts are beating and we're not thinking about it. That's pretty cool. Otherwise, we get distracted sometimes and be like, get back up, like, whoa, sorry. Gotta remember. Right? Let's get my heart like going to be kind of fun. But if I had to remember that all the time, we'd all be dead. Right? We'd all just die. Had to remember to breathe all the time. Had to remember to breathe just enough so that I can oxygenate all my blood whenever I start moving more, right? Or walking up steps nowadays. <laughs> like Kung Fu Panda, he's like, steps. My arched enemy, right? He's like, it's like his worst enemy is steps. That's getting to be me. Everybody over 50, right? You're like, dad gum, these flipping steps are everywhere. I got to remember to breathe more so I can get up and down them. No, there's things that just happen because they're going on. There's so much happening in our spiritual life when we choose Jesus and we, we fall in love with him and we fall into love with him and in his love, all of a sudden all this stuff is going on. So all of us, who have had this veil removed, when you believe in Jesus and you stop allowing the enemy to cloud your mind, there's just a moment of clarity. We say, you know what? Maybe Jesus is Lord. Everything else I've tried doesn't work. It's a bunch of junk and it's leading me to death and destruction. And oh my gosh, when I am in grief, I am in despair rather than when I am in grief, I am in hope because I have a hope for a future that is guaranteed to me which is my eternal future. So those who are in Jesus, we don't even grieve the same because where eyes are fixed on the glorious hope that when the death angel comes for us or people we care about and love, all of a sudden we know and our hope is, Jesus, you have wrapped those that I love up into eternity because you're so good and your love has been applied to their life. And so we hope different, we live different, and we, we express our love to him different. We even do that while we grieve differently. All of us that have chosen Jesus and fallen in love with him, this veil is removed and we begin to see more clearly what God is doing. And then we're ex experiencing this relationship with God and we begin to reflect the glory of God. And the Lord, who is spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. We're made in his image. We're made for relationship with him. We're made to acknowledge him. And when we acknowledge him, all these benefits start to just happen like our heart beating. All of a sudden, I start to reflect the glory of God. I don't even realize it, but God is changing me into his image over and over and all the time. The more I look at him, the more I become like him. It's so awesome. And the more I do that through worship and reading his word and falling in love with him, the more I become transformed and transformed and transformed. I'm going to say this to you. This is the Lord, okay? Every place where your heart is heart, God is not transforming you. So every place that your heart is heart, 
you're, not ref you're refusing to reflect the glory of the Lord. Here's a good clue. If you bring something up over and over and over again and can't get over it, your heart's probably hard. You can say it, ouch. Ooh, pastor's coming after me. <laughs> Here I come. <laughs> I'm speaking to me. This is me too. Every place that my heart is hard, it is repeating the reflection of myself, my self-bitterness, my self-focus, my self-hurt, my self-wound, my self-understanding, whatever I think is so right. I'm so right. Even my thing, I think I'm so right about God. Whenever we kind of bow up and we're like, well, I'm so right about God. That sound like Zach. That sound like a, a thing Zach does. Okay, he doesn't talk like that all the time. Am I right, kids? Does he do that sometimes? No? Okay. Eh, okay. He's going to get me next week. He's got two weeks in a row. He's going to get back at me. <laughs> Start taking shots at each other. You're done for. Okay. I start to reflect myself instead of the image of God. It's not reflecting the love of God. Rather, it's reflecting my image, which, guys, honestly, is just not very pretty. But his image is glorious. And so I have parts of me, and we all have parts of us, where we can identify these parts that aren't reflecting the glory of God because they come out ugly. They come out over and over again rather than with love and grace and kindness and goodness. And so that's just a little clue if you're wanting to go find places that you can allow or work on, allow God to work on you, and you can allow his love to work on you and his image to work on you and work out some of these things, ask the people around you, hey, what are ways that I am repeating myself over and over again and possibly not reflecting the love and the glory of God? Scary thing to ask people, but I bet you it's going to produce some good results. I'm not going to ask anybody that, but you guys should do that, okay? <laughs> it's kind of freaking me out, okay? I'm like, Lord, I didn't mean to say that. He's all like, that's right. Everybody do this. 2 Corinthians 5.20. So we are Christ's ambassadors. That means we carry his power, authority, his glory. God is making his appeal through us. So amazing. We are, we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So today I'm speaking for Jesus. I'm saying, come back to God. I might not be being it, doing it perfect, and I know I'm not the perfect reflection of God's glory, even though I would love to be. But I am his ambassador. You are his ambassador. And your job is to reflect his glory just like mine. And God, will you lift the veil on my face so that I could see your glory? Your glory would affect me like it affected Moses when he was on the mount and he came down and he had to put a veil over his face because it was freaking everybody out because he was reflecting the glory of God so powerfully. Lord, let it be like that in my life. Not self-righteousness, but made righteousness. We're designed to reflect his glory. We're made to reflect his glory and we're made to call to people to come back to God. And it's a season right now, even prophetically, for us to begin calling to people, telling them, come back to God, come back to God. Give him a try. Come on, give him a try. The church is going to love you, right? 
Come on, turn your love on. Let's get it on. Let's get our love going. Let's get it turned up so that we're reflecting the glory of God and that acceptance and love is our greatest quality as a church. Ephesians 1.11, furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. Even in the biggest destructions and messes and problems and failures and losses and griefs that we experience, it isn't that God makes it all work out good, like right now we feel good about it. God makes everything work out according to his plan. You can't jack it up. His plan's too big and too good and too awesome. We're united with him and we receive an inheritance. And even in the midst of all the dysfunction, there is an inheritance that we're made for, that we're called to grab, we're called to hang on to. And we're made holy. And we're made to live holy. God the Father, 1 Peter 1, 2. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago and his spirit made you holy. Wow, The Spirit of God, when you choose Jesus, made you holy. You are made right when you choose Jesus, and you're made holy. These are two really hard things to do, by the way, that we ought not to take for granted. We are made right with God, and if you look at all the things that people had to do, and the Jews had to do in the Old Testament to try try to be made right with God, and none of them ever did, That's a pretty big list, and it's impossible. And Jesus just does it for us when we believe. That's pretty amazing. And we're also made holy. For God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, not just today. And his spirit made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. You get more and more glory. You get more and more made into his image. And God gives you more and more grace and peace. These are the things we covet and desire the most, the, 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 the most in our lives. If we could have grace and love and peace and his glory and experience his holiness, reflect his holiness, come on. What else do we need? Verse 13. Uh, or, wait, 2 Thessalonians 2, 13. As for us, we can't help but thank God for you, dear brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord. We are always thankful that God chose you to be among the first to experience salvation, a salvation that comes through the Spirit who makes you holy. Okay, Jesus saved us. Salvation comes Through the Spirit, who makes you holy? The Holy Spirit himself makes you holy. And through your belief in the truth, he called you to salvation when we told you the good news, and you can share the glory in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. You and I get to share in his glory. You and I get to reflect his glory. You and I get to experience this. Verse 14, remind everyone about these things and command them in God's presence to stop fighting over words. Such arguments are useless and they can ruin those who hear them. Work hard so that you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Ooh, that's kind of a big word. I'm made right, I'm made holy, and I can earn God's approval? That's on top of being made right and holy, okay? And it even said that just before. Made right and holy by God, but then we can earn his approval. 
which is added grace and favor in our life, guys. Added grace and favor. There is always more in him. There is always more you can experience in him. It says to work hard to that, to present ourselves in alignment with that righteousness, present ourselves in alignment with that holiness. Don't fake it. But we work hard to present ourselves to him, not to others, to him. Verse 15, work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. Avoid worthless and foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. This kind of talk spreads like cancer. And in the case of, oh, Arminius and Philetus, right? Okay, they left the path of truth claiming that the resurrection of the dead has already occurred in this way. They have turned some people away from the faith. Verse 19, but God's truth stands firm. Is everybody okay back there? <laughs> we need to pray for healing. Everybody hear that? Sorry. <laughs> Somebody turn the lights on back there. Okay. Verse 19. God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with its in this inscription, the Lord knows those who are his. God knows who's his. You don't have to worry about it. doesn't matter what other people think about it. You give your life to Jesus, you're his. He knows whose kids are his, just like you and I, right? We all know who our kids are, even if other people don't. <laughs> you get confused about whose kids are his. You don't get confused about who your kids are. All who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil made holy, we're made righteous, we're made for him, we're made to acknowledge him, and we're made to turn away from evil, not live in it or in relationship with it. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver and others are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions and the, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Run from anything that stimulates useful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. So I brought this little bowl for an object lesson. And you might not know it, but this looks like a pretty clean bowl, right? This is a clean bowl. And you know how much popcorn we've eaten out of this bowl? Spaghetti, all kinds of other stuff. It's really good because it's clean right now. But like you and me, we've taken this bowl and set it by one of our kids' beds at night when they weren't feeling so good. Yeah? It's so true, isn't it? You're like, I'm going to clean that up and eat some popcorn out of there. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, we're crazy like that. It's like we believe in the power of soap. Yeah? We believe in the cleansing power of soap that, hey, I could keep, I could let my, not just one of my kids, I bet you half my kids have puked in this bowl. That may or may not be true. I don't know. We might have changed bowls. 
y'all are most all y'all just like me. I'm not going to go buy a puke bowl and just keep a puke bowl. I don't maybe you do that. I don't do that. That seems like a waste of space. I'm just going to clean this thing back up and use it again. Huh? <laughs> it's kind of gross, but we do it. But imagine if I never cleaned it up. Okay. If we didn't clean it and there was a bunch of puke all over and all over the spoon, and then you have another bowl that it's clean, it looks like this one, and you show up to it, which one are you gonna pick to use to put your popcorn in? The clean one or the puked one? The clean one. This is what this scripture is saying. Was this, is there something wrong with this bowl? No, this bowl is made right. The spoon is made right. It's made for a good purpose. And I puked in it. That's my sin. And God's like, uh, well, I love this bowl. This bowl is made right. It was made holy, but it ain't looking so holy. It ain't smelling so holy. So here's the thing. This is good. I love this bowl. God doesn't take this bowl and go throw it out. The Bible doesn't say he throws it out. He says he leaves it there until it's clean by its own choice to be washed and purified by the blood of the lamb that God already did this work. And he's like, you can live in this. Just live clean. You can live clean. I get it. You're going to puke in your bowl every once in a while. Okay. I died for that. There is no condemnation for that. You can feel guilt about that. Oh, I feel guilty that I puked in my bowl. I shouldn't have puked in my bowl. I chose to puke in my bowl. Okay, that represents sin in this great example here, okay? And I made it, and the Bible's saying here, that it makes it all dirty and kind of gross, and the Lord's like, hey, it's cool. I got this other clean bowl right over here that I'm gonna use while that one's dirty, and I can't wait to get back to that. I can't wait to get back to using this because I love this. And I made this bowl for a really good purpose. It was made right, made holy, made perfect, made for good purpose. And I want to use it. Let's go. And the Father's love is always pouring out on us to help us just turn to him. And when we turn to him, it's a refiner's fire. It's a cleansing or a washing by the water of the word washes over us and cleanses us and renews us. But we have to bring that sin to him and say, Jesus, forgive me. I'm guilty of this sin. Forgive me and wash me clean. I want to be useful in your kingdom. I want you to choose me for some jobs. And I want to do some stuff for you. And I want to be a reflection of your glory. But I have to reflect your glory. I'm not made to reflect sin. I'm not re re made to reflect any of the stuff in the sin list, guys, if the stuff in the sin list from sexual sin to anger to uh, 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 bursts of outrage, okay, this is, this is not reflecting God's glory to bitterness. Any of those things are just parts and pieces of us that the Lord's like, hey, you know, it's cool. I love you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work with people and, and more with people that have prepared themselves to reflect my glory. Not in self-righteousness, but in Jesus-reflected righteousness. You cannot make yourself right. God, through the Holy Spirit, is the only one who can make you right, can make you holy. But we are made for this. 
Will we choose it? It's a great season in the church to turn away from sin, to turn away from impurities, things that are contaminating our life and they're hindering our effectiveness and hindering the usefulness of ourselves in his body and his kingdom. And God is saying, let's turn, let's turn. Any guys ever make a marshmallow over a fire? And you're like, we're cooking your marshmallow, then you eat your marshmallow. How do we clean a marshmallow stick out in the woods? Just stick it in the fire, right? That is clean by Alaska standards, okay? And biblical standards, okay? <laughs> the Lord's just saying, hey, listen, I get there's a little stickiness on you right now, but the stuff behind all that, you're not, that's not you. That stickiness on you is not you. Just stick that into the refiner's fire and let me purify that a little bit. Let me burn all that off and we'll go back to being useful. That never affects your status with Jesus and your salvation. None of this is about that. This, you're rock solid in that. It's just about reflecting the glory of God and our effectiveness in his kingdom and about us pouring out the love that he has for everyone in our communities, in our families. God, they need him. They're made for him just like we are. And we're made to acknowledge him and reflect his glory and his holiness and to pour out and spill out his love on them as ambassadors for Christ so they can be reconciled to him. God wants to use you to reconcile others to himself. And he wants you to bring your life and your sin. Stop sinning. Stop walking in impurity. Start treating the people around you with love, with compassion. Start seeing them the way God sees them. And not through your own woundedness. Jesus wants to put you and me inside the refiner's fire today. Let's respond to him. Come on, will you close your eyes with me just for a moment? We're going to take a second. We're going to turn our lives and our hearts just back to him. If you're here today, you've never given your life to Jesus. Or you've been running. You've been running from Jesus. You've been gone a long time and it's time to turn your heart and your life back to him. And you're saying, Pastor, that's me. I wanna put my faith in Jesus. I wanna put my life and my trust in him. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Only those who put their trust in him will be in eternity with him and be made right. If that's you today and you say, I wanna put my trust in Jesus. I wanna come back to him. I wanna turn back to him. Will you stretch your hand up in the air? Be bold about it. Yeah. Jesus, I'm turning my life back to you. Come on, all over the house, hands are popping up. Jesus, I'm gonna turn my life back to you. I'm gonna give my life to you. Come on, young people, don't be afraid. Jesus, I'm gonna make you Lord of my life today. Oh yeah, thank you, I see your hands all over the house. Turning my life back to you. You can put your hands down, pray this with me. Come on, all over the place. Jesus, you are my Lord. Come into my life. Save me. Forgive me. Wash me clean. Make me new. I give my life to you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. And let's pray. Let's pray together. Come on, everybody in the house. There's a one person in this space that isn't feeling some measure of conviction, I'm sure, right? I, I, we're all in the same position. We're all guilty and not condemned. 
We all have things in our life that we wish we didn't do and maybe we're trapped or stuck in right now. And God's saying there is a special anointing for deliverance today. Deliverance from things you've been trapped in. Maybe it's negative thinking. Maybe it's negative speaking. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's sexual sin. Maybe it is, you know, uh, greed or gambling. And especially anyone here that has any kind of addiction, especially any kind of alcohol addiction, there is an anointing to deliver people from alcoholism in the house. I believe God is placing that anointing on our church. And if you need healing, you don't have to stand in front of everybody or do anything. I just want your faith to be activated right in your seat. That if you've been struggling with alcoholism or addiction to drugs, I want you right now to begin believing God will set you free. He will transform you, set you free right now, miraculously. It'll happen. Come on, let's turn our heart to him, Lord, in Jesus' name. We're asking you for our healing today. Jesus, you're the refiner, you're the refining fire. And I submit my life to your refining fire. Purify me. I place my life and myself inside your refining fire. Purify my heart and purify me from all unrighteousness, God. Make me right. Make me holy. I want to reflect your holiness. Right now in Jesus' name, we break off all addiction in the house. All impurities in the house in Jesus' name. Sexual addiction be broken in the name of Jesus. Alcoholism broken in Jesus' name. Drug addictions broken in Jesus' name. Addictions to uh, social media or social status broken in the name of Jesus. Oh, Jesus, you are the great healer. You are the divine healer, and we trust in you today. It's not about me, God. It's about you. Lord, we turn our life to you today. Today, every person that's desired alcohol and had this this craving for it, we break it off now. It's now poison in our bodies. It makes us sick in Jesus' name. Come on. Lord, set us free. Set people free. Make this an oasis for freedom in you, Jesus. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. Jesus, I run to you today. I place my trust and my hope in you today. Thank you, God. Love you today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at unitechurchak.org. We hope to see you soon.